0: Guys. None of you guys are quitters and losers. Split right, 28 sweep, one, 12. Ready? One, two, three. Go! Now, live from the Pac West Center in downtown Portland. From
1: rags to riches?
0: This is the Huddle with Mike Rags. Any quitters here? No! A- Powered by Frost Brood Coors Light, refreshing duck fans all season long. On sports radio 750, the game. Yeah. Now on FM at 102.7.
2: almost cut my own intro off. Uh, I'm important, damn it. 7.50 the game. It is rags in the huddle with Perkins and, of course, uh, uh, E, the ringer out there, too. Lots to get to. We're going to make all our picks for uh, week number two in the NFL, which got underway last night. Plus, uh, head over to 750thegame.com and chime in on the Coors Light quick poll question. Who is the most irreplaceable player for the Seahawks this season? Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin or someone else that's brought to you by Frostbrew Coors Light, the most refreshing beer. And we're going to get into that uh, website that we found that actually tracks the arrests in the NFL since the year 2000. And, and Perkins, I did find a disturbing, maybe a disturbing trend. And and, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But let's head on out to, uh, well, we got our good friend Joe Fortenbaugh on the phone from National Football Post. Uh, Joe, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks a lot for having me on the program. I appreciate it. No problem. Now, are there uh, future bets in uh, in Vegas now on who gets arrested or when they get indicted and, uh, you know, how many years in jail they're going to do? <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I'd love to be able to play along with
1: the joke, uh, but I'll give, you, I'll give you it straight. They do not allow stuff like that in Vegas, obviously. You have to have a box score, but don't be surprised if some offshore gambling site starts putting up something like that. They generally do that. And they offer very low limits in the uh, attempt to get a lot of free, free publicity and to get people to sign up. So we might actually get some crazy prop like that, because right now that's all we're talking about. We're not even talking about the damn games anymore. Uh, Sundays mean nothing. This is all about what's happening Monday to Saturday, and uh, based on this week, it's been a
2: whole lot yeah it really has uh but we'll, we'll try to delve into it here and make it a little easier for everybody out there to make their bets and to pick their games because you know what when it gets down to it the product we still love it and we will watch it a lot of tight spreads still out there outside of the denver game they are at home and nobody saw anything out of kansas city last week they head to uh, peyton manning and they head to probably a buzzsaw wouldn't you say they are getting 13 and a half points
1: yeah, this is a big one. Um biggest one
2: on the board this week.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's easy to see why it's like this. Denver's Denver. We know they're going to put up points. We know they're going to score. We know what Peyton Manning can do at home. Kansas City looked putrid last week, letting Tennessee come in and just roll right over them. And that's not even supposed to be a good Tennessee team, although I think they might surprise people this year. Remember, Ken Wizenhunt's the guy who turned Phillip Rivers around in San Diego. Now he's working with Jake Locker, and that was a hell of a start for Locker this season. A nearly flawless performance. Um, Dwayne Bo's back this week. I'm not sure that's going to mean a whole lot. He hasn't been very good for the Chiefs lately, but it at least gives them another option on offense and Andy Reid's probably been hearing all week about how he gave the ball to Jamal Charles like 10 total times last week so expect a heavy dose of him Uh, For me personally, it's not a game I would play. I'm not interested in laying the huge number because I think in week one there are a lot of overreactions. Teams that lose games, going up against teams that win big or big marquee games, you know, I think you get an inflated number there and you're paying a poor price. And I think this is one of those examples. Remember, when these two teams got together last year, both games were relatively close. Kansas City fought them hard. These are division rivals who are familiar with one another. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see the Chiefs hanging in there.
2: You know what I see? A weird trend uh, this week coming up, a lot of home dogs. You know,
1: six of them. We got six of them this week, and be careful. Last year was, I think, of the last 30 years in Las Vegas tracking bets. Last year was the best or second best year for favorites um, in, in like the last 25, 30 years. Now, generally, when you go back in time and you look at what happens the year before, say it's a big year for favorites, the market will correct itself the following year, and you'll get a big underdog year. And case in point, look at what happened in week one. I think it was 11 and 5 to the underdogs. So you want to be very careful laying big numbers with these favorites, and especially in the home dog situation, which I believe they were 2 and 1 last weekend. Um, when I look around, if I'm going to play a home dog, I don't know if there's still a dog. It looks like it's pick em across most boards, but I'd, I'd keep a close eye on the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a good play this week um, for a couple of reasons. Miami's last 10 games to Buffalo, they're 3-7, averaging 13.3 points per game with 25 turnovers. They're coming off a very big win against New England last week, and just like Atlanta, I think that's kind of like a Super Bowl for those teams. They get all jacked up, they spe- spread it all on the field, and then they come back the next week and they're a bit flat. So don't be surprised if Atlanta comes out flat. Don't be surprised if you see uh, Miami coming out flat. But more importantly, um, liking Buffalo in this spot has nothing to do with them beating Chicago last week. This is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. It, it, it's clearly not what Seattle has, but it's one of the best. They were 5-3 and three at home last season and they hung in in the three losses. And that's not even a good football team that's putting up that record. Um, they just find out this past week, Terry Pagula, the owner of the Buffalo Sabres, is going to take over as Buffalo Bills owner. He's going to keep the team in town. And imagine being a team I mean, you guys aren't that far from Seattle. It, it, living under the threat for three, four years that your favorite football team or one of your favorite sports teams is going to leave town, uh, you know, the fans have been on edge. And now that they know that they're going to be staying, that place is going to be real hostile this weekend. I like Buffalo to be beat up on Miami.
2: We're talking to Joe Fortenbaugh. Let me ask you this uh, from National Football Post. How many points will AP mean? It was three and a half Minnesota's getting, was getting. What are they going to get now?
1: Yeah, right now it looks like it's going to be about three points. It was sitting right on the key number of three. Right after the news came out, it went to three-and-a-half. And now some of the offshores have it as high as five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half. The key is Vegas has yanked it across the board. You can't bet yeah. this game right now. Even though they know Peterson's out, they're probably going to take some time um, to figure out what the best number is to put out there and then go from there. Um, I, you know, three points might be a lot for a running back, but based on what New England's defense looked like last week, letting Sean Moreno run all over him, You know, Minnesota just lost their best offensive weapon for this game. And that was a game a lot of the sharper guys were eyeing up Minnesota for. So it's a shame this happened for the Vikings from a football perspective because they got off to a nice start last week with that win. Mm -hmm. And now they got to go into this week uh, against a big-time opponent with uh, a lot of controversy they're playing under.
2: Joe, I think I have the sleeper pick. And you tell me if you agree with me or not. Uh, My little best bet here, I might be biased, but I like the Jets getting eight and a half in Green Bay. Uh, I'm, I'm against you on this one. I, I like Come the on, they're going to keep it within two touchdowns. I like that. Eight and a half, I like it. Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong, and I know there's some guys in Vegas who agree with you. I, I don't even think
1: I'm on the sharp side here. My, my thought process is this. Um, I, I, The Jets have a good front seven, but their secondary stinks. And the secondary is going to need to play huge to slow down this juggernaut in Green Bay. Uh, we saw what happened to Green Bay last Thursday night, or two Thursdays ago, I should say. They've got extra rest. They are really angry. And like ha- like what happens so many times when a good team travels to Seattle, they get beat up on by the Seahawks, and suddenly everyone thinks they're not as good as they are. Trust me, Green Bay is a very good football team. They just ran into the best team in the business, in the most hostile environment in the business, and they got their team in. Uh, they're going to come back really strong this week. I'm not going to be surprised one bit if Aaron Rodgers lights the secondary up. The key for New York is going to be to keep this thing close and grind it out on the ground because they do not want to get into a shootout with Geno Smith. Uh, he may have looked half decent against Oakland last week. That won't be the case in Green Bay if he's putting it up 40 times in the game. I don't think.
2: I think he's thrown it 20 if he's lucky. The way they got those three runners going right now. Joe Fortenbaugh from uh, National Football Post. do you, uh, do you, got, do you have a, a best bet for us that you haven't mentioned?
1: You know, when it comes to uh, the NFL, I like to take it easy early in the season. It's tough to gauge what's going on with some of these teams. Like I said, I like Buffalo. I like Green Bay. I think Cincinnati covers the number. I thought that was a shady number coming out. You know, Atlanta just took down one of the Super Bowl favorites at 7 to 1 in New Orleans, and they go to Cincinnati, who just eked by Baltimore, and uh, it's not even a field goal. It's sitting out there five and a half, six. 6. That tells me Cincinnati is the play there. Uh, remember, the Bengals 8 0 straight up, 8 0 against the spread last year at home. It didn't work out in the- the playoffs, but I think they might be a little too much for Atlanta to handle outdoors. Um, I'm also leaning a bit to San Francisco. I know that's a square play. Um, It's not so much what I saw out of Chicago last week in that they lost to the Bills. It's how they lost. Once again, the defense stunk. Once again, Jay Cutler was turning the ball over in very bad spots, Um, and I think that's going to continue. San Francisco is going to be up for this game. It's the opening of a new stadium, and uh, I think they're going to be all over the Bears. Looking at college real quickly, I like these games a little bit more. I'm going to play Rutgers plus the points, three-and-a-half against Penn State. I'm a Penn State alum, but Christian Hackenberg, the quarterback, has already thrown four picks. Penn State doesn't have a lot of team speed. I think that game is going to be close, and I want the points on my side. I'm going to take Northern Illinois laying about nine over UNLV. I live here in Vegas. I can tell you flat out, UNLV stinks. They were 27 and a 27-and-a-half point favorite last week against Northern Colorado. They went 13-12. to 12. Uh, Don't be impressed by anything you see out of the Rebels. I'll take Georgia Southern to hang, plus the three touchdowns to hang close with Georgia Tech the best thing about Georgia Tech is their triple option. Teams can't prepare for it in one week. Georgia Southern runs a triple option. They're familiar with it. I think they can hang tight. Um, I'm going to take Central Michigan plus a touchdown against Syracuse. Syracuse played two weeks ago. They needed double overtime to beat FCS Villanova. Quarterback got thrown out of the game for throwing a punch. I think Central Michigan can keep that one close and probably win. And then um, I'm also going to take Indiana laying the points at Bowling Green. Bowling Green's got a new offensive system and they just lost their star quarterback for the season to a hip injury. Indiana can run the ball real well and they've got got an extra week of rest coming in here so I I like that play.
2: A lot of great information there for you guys. Joe Fortenbaugh, now I guess you you got a dinner reservations. Where are you eating? Where are you going? (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, here's the thing. It's Generally, at this time of year, I wouldn't be doing dinner and a lot of things like that. Um, it's mostly football and work. But I'll tell you what, after the week that's gone on in the NFL, um, you, i just kind of been looking at everything with Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice, and you just start shaking your head and you realize, you know what, man? Screw it. I'm going out. I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to see a movie. And that's going to be that. I'm going to get away from football for a little bit. Because for me, the passion that comes with this, talking about it on the radio, um, watching it on Saturdays and Sundays, the whole thing is I want to watch football. Yeah. It's supposed to be a level of entertainment entertainment for me and this isn't entertaining this is these are all just horrific stories day in and day out so sometimes you need a release football is supposed to be that release but right now it isn't unfortunately
2: well uh thank you so much joe for all the hard work you put in we'll talk to you next week all right pal hey it's my pleasure thanks a lot for having me on have a great weekend you know and joe makes a good point there guys uh maybe sundays we'll watch and the really the ones you're going to get hurt here are the things like uh the nfl network covers throughout the week
3: you know that, that we'll watch that less. Sundays we'll tune in. We'll watch the other stuff less. Yeah, I could see that. Um, just because it's it, it does go a bit overboard. I think from time to time, though, with the Adrian Peterson star. I mean, it just broke this afternoon. But you know, that's definitely I think something to keep an eye on.
2: Four one seven seventy five seventy five. Get on the phone. We'll get you in the huddle before we start taking your calls. I wanted to talk about this website. Now we you know Deadspin uh, uh, posted it, kind of tracking. The crimes since 2000 in uh, the NFL. Uh, number one on the, uh, on the top 10 chart here is DUI. I mean, I don't think that's very surprising. It's number one by a lot. Uh, drugs comes in second. Domestic violence comes in third. And then you got reckless driving, theft, sex crimes. Uh, that's mostly Ben Roethlisberger, though, if you take a look at those. Uh, uh, but I'm just kidding. But seriously, if you look at a pattern here, the violent crimes... The guys that don't, there aren't necessarily athletic, the ones that don't get their checks from violence, so like a punter, a kicker, a quarterback, you know, those are the ones that you, you look at this and like the cornerback, the the defensive end, the de- defensive tackle, uh, those are the ones, the safeties, is the even the running backs, they deal with contact a lot. You think there's a correlation maybe with contact hitting and then having them get in trouble with battery or assault and things like that. I mean, we don't want to come up with any excuses no, for these No, and this guys, is very but non-scientific, but I'm looking at the patterns from this website, and, and it kind of seems like that.
3: Yeah, and, and I think it could have something to do with the with the CTE or helmet-to-helmet contact without a doubt. Um, I just think also, Rags, was with, with some of these guys, they just can't leave it all in the field. No, you, you, that, you know? and, and, I, and that's
2: the point I'm getting at. They play it, such a violent sport. I know. I know. It, it, it's it's scary. Let's go to the phones. 417 75 All right, here's the town, guys. A new town for rags. Tiggered? Tiggered?
3: Tiggered. Tiggered. All right,
2: we got Dougie out there. Dougie Doug, what's going on, man? Uh,
4: I'm in Tiger Town. Tiger Town? Tiger Town. Um, yeah, it's great to have you, rags. Welcome Thanks, to bud. the Northwest, my friend. Enjoy the winter.
2: I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm yeah. loving it.
4: Um, it well, um, I'm glad that you played that uh, the James Brown one. James Brown tape or uh, the yeah. audio, rather. Um, I found it intriguing about how he is really uh, wanting to do, uh, really send a message with the men, just men in general, about the awareness uh, that women face with, with domestic violence. I think it's a hundred percent true. I mean, what uh, what Ray did was he's an animal. I mean, he I mean, there's no way you can't look at that and say he's not an animal. But um, at least this is coming from my experience, what I've dealt with personally what I've seen with family friends so on and so forth um, most of my experience with domestic violence has been women hitting and beating up and abusing men and that unfortunately to me doesn't get almost any talk and she hit him first I mean there's no excuse and all that good stuff but you know you I mean you put it simply don't hit anybody like nobody hit nobody I mean it's not a you know this or that it's nobody hit nobody and
2: well, and, and you know what, Doug? That's what. That's why the news today disturbs me more than Ray Rice could ever come close. Because a child, yeah. especially a four-year-old, is even more defenseless than any woman out there, and that's just despicable to me.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, hitting a, an animal or a, a little kid is. That's. I mean, that's. I. I was shocked. I was more shocked than the Ray Rice thing. I, a little kid. I mean, I know back in the day, back in you know, back in the day, people used to. Beat their kids like that, and that was just normal. But I mean, we're hitting the curve to where touching somebody in any violent form or whatever form is unacceptable. And I just hope that it steers more towards equality with men and women rather than kind of more one-sided. That's just my point. But thank you for taking my call, rags You're awesome, man. It's great to have you here. In the
2: Northwestern, you have a good. One. All right,
3: uh, Doug and uh, guys, a reason I would go to Tigard. Go, Tigard. um I live very close to it. That's Eric and I both do. That's a reason enough. Okay. Uh, there's a pretty good bowling alley out there. All right, I think there's some golf courses as well. If oh, I, play, if I love golf. the golf. All right,
5: that's okay. good. Four, uh, one- it's pretty close to the Washington Square Mall. I believe that is located in Tiger. That's one of the okay nicer malls in the area. Does it have that? side of town.
2: Does it have an orange Julius? Yes, it does. It does. It has a, it has a Jamba course. juice as well. Oh, Jamba juice, nice. Yeah, you get everything uh, there. movie theater?
3: No, yes. Not no. At, no, there's a movie theater right nearby, but there's not one directly in the mall. 417-7575-417-7575.
2: 417-75-75. And what was the no, there was a what was the team that led the the arrests? It
3: was a uh, the what, team that led the uh, NRS is actually now the Minnesota Vikings. It is. Oh, congratulations! Number one with uh, forty-four.
2: Cincinnati. Really, they they out-seeded
5: Cincinnati that, and Detroit by forty. That's shocking to me. Yeah, by forty-three. Detroit actually. Detroit's only seventeen. Yeah, yeah. according to with this. With all those, with, with all the different. DUIs and everything. I guess maybe it wasn't all DUIs. It was just a lot of off the field problems that were in house. Yeah, they're just
2: idiots. Yeah, you don't get arrested for being an idiot, unfortunately. And and you know Schwartz would have been on there. Like that number would gone through the roof. Coach Schwartz would have put that number. You know what's uh, really weird? It, it you don't if you go by city, you know like Detroit, a lot of crime There's not. You know you can't go by the city. Although Chicago's kind of high uh, if you take a look at it. I'm looking at the lowest team. Would is guys tell me if I'm wrong? Is it the Texans? Looks like the, the Texans, Texans. Yes,
3: with a 11, right? Yeah, 11. 11. Yeah, they uh, apparently keep their nose clean. How and long have they been around though? They've been around since 2000. I don't even remember when they came in the league.
2: Yeah, I think they have. I mean, it's fun, You know, it's, you you can actually highlight the little football, and it tells you what the crime is. It's a disturbing website. Only
3: by the fact now, you know, it would be interesting to see. Two thousand two, by the way, is when the Texans came into being. So. Okay, so
2: you got two year head start. It'd be interesting to see the other leagues if there's, you know, MLB crimes and, yeah. and NBA crimes. You know, the NBA gets a bad rap. Oh, they got all of those thugs and all that stuff. I would almost venture to guess it doesn't come close to this. Well, now, yeah, there's less players. I was going to
3: say that's a big part of it. I mean, it, and does this count anyone that's on preseason rosters? Because your roster's almost doubled. Now there is a category there that says free agent. Yeah, so, I saw that too. <laughs> that's the one you want to be in, by the way. There's only two. Yeah, uh, but Denver's high. Denver's really high at 40. Yeah, since 2000. That's pretty high, though. They had some some tough years there. Seattle. Here's you know you know and we love as high as I thought. And how much do we root for
2: Brandon Marshall, right? And he's had his problems. Uh, Brandon Marshall pulled over for driving erratically in Denver, charged with drunk driving. Accused of hitting his girlfriend on March 4th. Missed a battery. Accused of disorderly conduct in Atlanta after a fight with his fiance. How many people talk about Brandon Marshall in that light like Ray Rice right now?
3: Yeah, and I and that's a good point. And I saw, I it, you know, it's, it's social media, it's Twitter. I saw, though, someone, there have been 53 cases of domestic violence involving NFL players since 2007. 13 players have been disciplined because of it. That's uh, low. That's ignoring the problem right there.
2: Yeah. And then you got to, you know, and then you look at Aaron Hernandez in those cases too. It's just uh, ridiculous to me Four one seven seventy five seventy five. 75, I mean, give us a call, get in the huddle. Talk about, uh, yeah, this AP thing is really, you know, uh, uh, Sunday's gonna be different. It's going to be different guys. I'm sorry. It just is for me. I, I want to just love the product, but you know, what's going to happen? I mean, I, well, you know, we were talking off the air. What's the one game I won't turn on. I'm not turning on the Vikings. Now I don't even want to see that uniform right now.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I've, I don't know how different it will be once we start watching the game, though, and kind of get into it. You know, once you once you turn on the Jets. Let me ask you this. If you didn't have fantasy football,
2: right? Say fantasy football didn't exist. And, and uh, Ringer, you know, if you, if you couldn't bet on the game, okay? And you didn't have fantasy football, which is a form of, of gambling, the NFL takes a huge hit here. If we didn't have those two outlets, let's face it, that's why it's so popular now. Is mainly because of fantasy football. It, it, I I think it's 85% of why we love it more now than we did 15 years ago. It's because of fantasy football. So if we didn't have that, do we tune in Sunday? I, I have to say I love football so much. Yes,
3: you know I, what? I, I would tune in.
2: I, I say this. I watch the Jets, but I don't watch the other stuff. Oh, so I yeah. watch my team. The other games, not as important anymore.
3: Yeah, I, and and I get that, but like and maybe la- less last, important. Last weekend, I watched some of that uh, Dolphins Patriots debacle. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, it was a it was a decent game, and you know the the Falcons game was good. So I, we still I, like
2: I, the fantastic finishes. We still we'll still turn it on. You still get the NFL ticket. I direct- watch.
3: Does DirecTV take a hit here? Yes, I think they do. But I don't know about you. I sit on my couch, I fold laundry, and I watch football. That's what oh, yeah. I do on Sundays for n- for nine hours. I do that. That's what I do what all I do every that week, except fold the laundry.
5: Yeah, I'm honest, or I'm going to be honest. I I think I'm still going to watch football, regardless of what happened. Uh, it's just it's kind of become my ritual. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with a Sunday if
2: I don't have football. I agree. You know, I hate to say it, but I agree. Let's go out to uh, Bob in Fairview. Bobby, what's up, my man? You're in the huddle. Hey, Rags, how you doing?
6: Hey, first off, just
2: to give you a throwback to your uh, "What's happening" comment um, a couple days ago. Oh yeah, Roger. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey! That's right. What's <laughs> happening, Raj? That's Dwayne, guys. Yeah. You don't even know who rerun Dwayne. is, do you, guys? No. Dwayne, yeah. Rerun D- and Raj. That's right. You know what? I got a tweet later on that they say no Roger, no rerun, no rent. So I, we, we know what's happening. Now, my man Bob knows what's going on. All right, Bob, uh, what do you got to say yeah. about all these arrests and all what's going on right now?
6: Well, I think it's also uh, a microcosm of what's going on in our society as a whole because I think I heard somewhere else that if you look at the numbers that been turned out, it's pretty even to society as a whole, percentage-wise, how many violent crimes, how many uh, crimes are committed. And it just means, like, what – what are parents doing? What are like, raising kids? Where are the, the fathers who are stepping up to raise these men to be men and not uh, legal adolescents, 20-, 30-year-old adolescents who think they're spoiled kids who can do what they want? It's like, where did the parenting go wrong? And if there wasn't a dad involved, where was some other mentors stepping in, raising these kids so they know how to act as men, not as a child?
2: Well, that's why, and great, great call there, Bob. And, and you're absolutely right. It all starts at home. No matter what happens, even if you're not raising an athlete, and you watch your kids are watching these athletes, it really the blame starts at home. But I think part of the problem is these guys have been told how great they are since they were in high school. I was going to say, that's the big thing. Even middle school, right?
3: They take the field and everyone says, oh, look at their physical ass. These guys are awesome. They get special treatment
2: uh, when it comes to, you know, discipline if they're really good in high school and they need them on a Friday night. they, They probably will look the other way. So all this has been going on since the age of 18. When you become 30 and you become, you know, a man, I don't think you're any kind of man that you or
3: I are. That's for sure. Yeah, I do think that's a big part of it, especially, you know, you got guys breaking the rules at the NCAA level to have you come in. You're, you've been told basically for the last 10, 12 years of your life yeah. that it's okay to break the law. You can get away with it.
2: And I've been told most of my life that I sucked, So this is like, that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm okay. I'm a good guy. I have to work harder. I'm not like these guys. I've been told they've been great their whole life. We have
3: to get brought down a peg or two. You yeah, know? That it, yeah, it humbles us. It
2: does help. Uh, let's go out to Scott in West Lynn. What's going on, Scotty? Hey,
7: what's going on? Uh, you know I, I think it's a lot less about high school but college I mean I, I'm an NFL fan I love the game of football. Uh, I coach football but I'll tell you what college football to me is a lot dirtier than the NFL. I think there's a lot more heads turned and stuff shuffled under the under the carpet at the college level than uh, you know than, than everybody wants to admit and yet college takes hardly any heat uh, for all the programs that get put on probation there's nothing going on there's so many. Uh, violent acts of fighting and, and this and that that just get uh, totally looked and you know, I coach a, at the high school level kids don't get away with anything in high school you know they have to sign a 365 day a year uh, drug policy they get busted at all their suspensions involved um, you know th- we, You know, in high school it's not about Friday night it, it, it may maybe it's some of the private schools but and everywhere else you know discipline and um, and rules are, are uh, run the deal but you know, the NFL, I just reserve the right to hate teams if, if they got too many uh, jerks on it. You
2: Well, know? it was um, easy to hate the Cincinnati Bengals about five years ago, right? It just seemed like everybody I'm was a getting really I arrested. still
7: hate Michael Vick. You know, I mean, Michael Vick, he, he served his time. He did his thing. That's fine. But to me, I'm a dog lover. I, I, I hold that grudge. You know, how could you do that to, to a defenseless animal?
2: Who do you root um, for in the NFL?
7: I, I like uh, the Patriots, the Seahawks. I like Dolphins. I like... Even though they have bullying, and I'm a totally anti-bullying. I mean, there's. But the end, they they the guys. And who you, uh, Scott, who
2: do you live and die with? What 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 team? There's got to be live one team. Die with
7: anybody, that's no? my thing. I'm a free agent fan. I love the game. So if so when you guys talk about, oh, I'm not going to watch it on Sunday. It's like, no, I am going to watch it because I love the game. I reserve the right to switch to switch to switch. I mean, right now I got a Brady jersey. You know, right? I got a Marino jersey in my closet. I got a Fire jersey in my closet. So that's how it is.
2: So <laughs> if uh, if around. Michael Vick could help the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. No, not a chance. It wouldn't. No, no. now you're saying no. that because it's just unrealistic to think that right now. But if he was on the team, like the Eagles, a lot of people embraced him because he had a couple of good years. So it doesn't matter I don't to like you. because
7: Chip Kelly's there. Why yeah. not? I don't like the Eagles because Chip Kelly's there, and, and I think that he did the wrong things when he was in charge of LeGar- LeGarrette Blount. You uh, know? So uh, to me, I stopped. I stopped rooting for Chip Kelly. I, I, I like the Ducks, but I didn't like him as a coach because I hated the way he treated the fans in the media. And I hated the way that uh
2: he handled this one. All right, Scott. Thanks for the, thanks for the call. I don't most fans are not like Scott.
3: I would agree with that. No, I wouldn't I think that's the first time I've ever heard I root for the Patriots and I root for the Dolphins. And the, the
2: Seahawks, he said too. Yeah. yeah. It, but those are division rivals. I know
3: it doesn't make out so
2: who did he root for last week? He couldn't lose last week. Well, yeah. He probably root for the Patriots till halftime. They were winning big. And then to say, oh, no, I love the Dolphins. Yeah, that's that was a-, a
5: big win for him, seeing the yeah, Dolphins he goes- take down the Patriots last week.
2: It was <laughs> a win win. He couldn't lose. Uh, you know, that's, uh, yeah, for me, that's, you know, he's not like every fan. But I think if, just like the Eagle fan, if Michael Vick or if Ray Rice comes back and he can help you win a Super Bowl, I think it's easier to, I think it's easier to, you know, root for him to recuperate. People love a comeback. They do. 750 the game. 417, 75, 75. Hey, guess what? We get to pick all the games here next, and uh, Ringer's going to keep track to make sure, you know, who's doing the best here. We'll help you. Uh, we'll break down all the uh, NFL for you, get through it real quick. Plus, coming up, it's all Seattle Seahawk talk in the six o'clock hour, people. Seahawks at six. Tim Booth will join us in the huddle as well as we cover the Seahawks. We're on sports radio, 750 the game, and on your FM dial at 102.7. <laughs>
0: You're listening to The Huddle with Mike Rags, powered by Frost Brewed Coors Light, refreshing Duck fans all season long on 750 The Game, now on FM at
2: 102.7. 417-7575, that's the uh, phone number you want to call and get in the huddle with us. We're going to do our pigskin picks here in a second, but I do have Merlin from Wilsonville on the line here. Merlin, you're in the huddle. How you doing, pal? I'm good, Rags. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. Give me some. Give me something good here. I'm tired of talking about negative stuff with the NFL.
8: Well, you, you arrived in one of the greatest cities in the world here. I mean, we're we're Rip city. Good point. And, and, and we have Blazer Mania here, which we're going to get into in about a month or two months. We're going to get that season started. But I just, you know, the station interviewed you, brought you in and stuff. But as a fan, I'd like to know you a little bit. Can uh, I ask you, like, one or two questions?
2: Sure, as long as they're clean, yeah. You can ask so, me whatever you want, yeah.
8: The first, first one is,
2: what is your go-to song? My, go- go- to songs my go-to song. My go-to song of all time? Yes. Oh, uh, my go-to song. The one that I gotta, I gotta get pumped up, get in a car, and, and get juiced up exactly. and ready to, ready to rock and roll. That one. Mm, that's a good question. I would say uh it would probably be Def Leppard. So I'm a little old school with you here. I don't want to say. I don't want to say pour some sugar on me because that's too obvious. You know what song that really gets? Animal, love that song by Def Lever. Guys, is that too old for you? No, I just love that song. I, that you know, now that was out of the blue. You know, if I really sat and yeah. thought about it, I'd probably come up with some trying, up, but I, I'm trying to hit you out of the blue. I mean, that's as, okay. As no, color,
8: that's good. We, we we come in out of the blue. I, I like that. Sometimes you know, so I'm trying to hit you out of the blue. One I, more
0: question. Go for it.
8: What what team colors do you bleed? What is your team from when you were a kid? I don't want the one later. I want the one when you were seven, eight, ten years old. What what
2: color? What team was that? Blue and orange. That's blue the, and orange. That's the Mets. Uh, that's the one I. That's the one I bleed. Now green and white are close with the Jets. The th- the difference being is uh, I became more passionate for the Jets later on in life because uh, the Mets won. And so my Jets, yeah. I in my lifetime have not won. But blue and the easy answer is blue and orange.
8: Yeah, my my second team is the Jets. A lot of people don't know that about me, but. My first team's Kansas City, second team's the Jets, third Sir. Seattle. You know, but I was born here in Oregon, lived here my whole life. You know, we have some of the best craft craft breweries. I hear that. I don't, I don't know if you've uh, checked that scene out yet, but I if you get if you could leave the station and you drive about twenty five miles south, yeah,
7: you are right, right in the middle of world class.
2: I got you. I got you. No, so I want that music that to play. Huh? No, no, I am talking to talking to my Perkins there. Yeah, we're we're getting into our pickskin picks. It was just potted up too high, Merlin. I loved your call. I love you because your second favorite team is the Jets. Go go put some uh, Def Leppard on now, all right, buddy? All right, thank you. You're the man, Merlin and Wilsonville, and you guys can call in. If you want to ask me uh, off-the-cuff questions like that, I guess we can open up the phone lines for that.
3: I like that a little bit. Hey, thanks for the heart attack. I appreciate
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what you learned from me by learning uh, that I like Def Leppard. I also like Bon Jovi. I'm an 80s guy, guys. I'm you, sorry. You respect one-armed drummers, and I'm okay do. with that. I do. I, I do I' am uh, all about that 417 75, 75 hey guys let's pick every game let's go through it let's do uh, it and let's uh let's this, Seattle will reserve for the six o'clock hour because it's all going to be about the Hawks in the in the in the six o'clock hour we'll start with your uh 10 a.m starts of course Miami and Buffalo a battle for first place fellas as they head to Buffalo these teams are both one and all of course the Dolphins that dramatic comeback uh, at home against New England they now head to Buffalo where it looks like Buffalo Buffalo staying, people. They're not leaving. Uh, EJ Manuel, uh, Sammy Watkins.
3: They're one and zero at home. What do you think, guys? I like Buffalo at home. I think uh, I, I like what Joe Fortenbaugh had to say about that. It's a good home field advantage. I think the Bills, while they probably aren't a playoff team this year, I think are going to make some noise and be a tough team to beat. And I think at home they're going to be difficult. I like them beating the Dolphins.
5: E. Uh, The Bills are a wildly inconsistent team. E.J. Manuel is wildly inconsistent himself, but they are at home, and Miami generally struggles when they go into Buffalo. Kind of a weird difference for them. I will take Buffalo. I wouldn't touch the spread, though.
2: No, don't touch the spread. I agree with you there. I actually like the fact that Miami is in Buffalo now and not December. I just think that uh, Tannehill is a more polished quarterback than uh, E.J. Manuel. I actually like Miami here as much as I hate The freaking Dolphins. I cannot stand the Dolphins, guys. I can't imagine why. Them and the Patriots, uh, I just can't stand them, but I like the Dolphins. All right. Washington at home. They are 0-1 in a putrid division, a game they kind of have to win because they're playing the Jaguars here. Although the Jaguars look pretty good in Philly for the first half of that game. You got Hearns, you got, uh, you got, uh, you got that quarterback who I still think should be a uh, Blake
3: Bortles, but Henny looked pretty good. Uh, they're on the road, RG three in Washington. What do you guys think? I like Jacksonville in this game. I think they're going to be a seven and nine or eight and eight style of team. I like them beating the Redskins in Washington. RG3 did nothing to show me that they are ready to step up and you know get these kind of victories, even though it is at home. I like Jacksonville coming away with a victory. Coaching staff has this team going in the right direction. Chad Henney doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Jacksonville gets the win.
5: I'm going to go the opposite on that. Uh, Jacksonville looked terrible in the second half, great in the first half. And Washington had two turnovers inside their own 10-yard line against Houston. I don't see Jacksonville being able to pull that off. So I'm going to say the home team gets this one. Yeah, if you look
2: at it, RG three didn't have that bad a game. He did get sacked three times, uh, but he was 29 of 37, which isn't horrible. Which isn't horrible. Uh, 267 yards. Yeah, Jacksonville looked atrocious in the second half, and they're not going to start winning until Blake Bortles is in. If you ask me, I like the home team here. I'm going to go with Washington at home, and I actually think they might win going away. New York Giants, they're home against the Arizona Cardinals, who squeaked, squeaked by the. Uh, Uh, the San Diego Chargers on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, They they had a couple of late scores to win that game. Their offense, guys, so much better than the Giants. Uh, Giants, if they're going to figure it out, they better do it at home this week. Well, I
3: don't know how they will against the Cardinals' defense. I now mean, that, Patrick Peterson's gonna—he could cover probably two of their wide receivers. He probably this week. could at the same time, given the way they've got. I don't think Victor Cruz is gonna have a good game. I think Eli Manning does what Eli Manning does in the regular season, and that's throw a lot of picks. And uh, Carson Palmer has that offense just good enough to win games. I know the NFC West historically has struggled going to the East Coast, but that has changed over the last couple of years, and I think we'll see that change in place again on Sunday. Arizona
5: wins. Early game out there too. They got to fly cross country. Eric, what do you think? Man, that's a tough one for me. I think this game is coming down right to the wire and I think it's going to be ugly Uh, Could be 10 to 9 could be 10 to 7. I don't know I guess I will take the Cardinals on this just because I don't see the Giants being able to score any touchdowns against that defense Eli Manning hasn't looked good and he's well, he just doesn't look good, and I don't know who he's going to throw to. The Running game's well, not great, no. and they can't stop anybody. <laughs> if the Cardinals go, if the Cardinals manage to put something together, so I guess I'll take the Cardinals in a very low-scoring long, one.
2: Long, long year for Mr. Manning this year. I hate to say it for you, got giant fans out there. Uh, it's not going to, you know. Victor Cruz says, "I want the ball more." We win. I'll get the ball more. We're gonna win. Uh, how Patrick Peterson's gonna be covering you most of the time? If he's not on the outside, he's gonna be covering Victor Cruz. It's just, it's gonna get ugly. It. I think the Cardinals win. And you, you calling a game much like the Monday night game. It was close. Uh, they squeaked one out. Eric, you you saying like, you, and, and they'll win. I think they're gonna win this by ten points. I like the Cardinals here on the road. You keeping track of these things, uh, Ringer? There I'm keeping back of the picks. I'm not doing the actual spread here. No, no spreads. Don't worry about the spreads. All right, guys, uh, New England on the road in Minnesota. I'm not going to – I'm never picking the Vikings this year. All right, so – I'm not picking the Vikings at all. So this is an easy pick for me, especially New England back-to-back road games here. They lost that tough one in Miami. Belichick's not going to lose this one without the best player on the other team. Uh, the Patriots going away.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a, a, a 10 to 15 point victory for New England with relative ease. I mean, Adrian Peterson didn't play great week one, but he's a guy that that team has relied on to be their workhorse. And without him in that lineup, oh boy, the defense isn't exactly stellar either.
2: Uh, listen, I'm rooting for them by all means, but I don't just think, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Ringer, what are you thinking? Pats, pats, pats. Yeah, it's kind of an easy one. An intriguing game in, in Cleveland, guys. Cleveland looked pitiful in the first half of that Steeler game. And it was actually, t- I was thinking in my head, all right, well, how soon before Johnny Manzella gets in the game? Then Hoyer goes crazy, you know, and they come all the way back, tie the game, and it was a long field goal that actually won it for the Steelers. So the Browns are now home hosting the uh, New Orleans Saints, who had a tough loss on the road against the uh, Falcons. This is an intriguing game. You know, normally a Saints team outside doesn't perform as well. The Cleveland fans uh, are going
3: to be rowdy in this game. Uh, this is a more intriguing game than you might think, considering the talent that's on the Saints. Yeah, I, I I, think the Steelers proved last night that they are just not a good team and probably not a playoff. I can't, it baffled me that people picked them in the Super Bowl. But anyway, I like the Saints. I, anytime time you're going up against a contender, a team like Drew Brees, you do not want to be the team that has to face them the week after they lose a heartbreaking game like that. I I think that uh, New Orleans comes away with this victory.
5: Yeah, I'm with Perkins on here, New Orleans on this. Uh, Last week, Marcus Colston fumbles. Drew Brees has a red zone interception, and that was Matt Ryan. This is Brian Hoyer. I don't think that those two (laughs) should be compared to each other. They lost Ben Tate. Jordan Cameron's banged up. They do have a great defense. They're at home, but... The Saints are a team that I think is are they're just going to get this victory in my opinion.
2: Uh, I agree. I think uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees all day long. Uh, as much as I'd like to see the Browns uh, recoup and get back on the right track here, because I love that city, uh, they're they're done for here. Uh, Drew Brees is not going to lose two games in a row. Not not to uh, not to this Browns team. Uh, what week? By the way, did you guys predict this before I got here? What week does Johnny Manziel get in games and start? Did you guys figure that one out?
3: I If he does this season, I think it's week 8, 9, or 10 when all hope is lost.
5: I think he gets in much before that. I think the first three games are Hoyers. I don't know when their bye week is, but I would say by week 4 or game 4, he's probably the guy.
2: 417-7575. 417-7575 is where you want to call us. All Seahawk Talk next hour as well, and I agree with the... Uh with ringer there i was thinking week four the whole time too 750 the game you're in the huddle we go around the rest of the league and make the picks our pigskin picks right here on 750 the game and now on the fm dial
0: 102.7 you're listening to the huddle with mike rags powered by frost brewed coors light refreshing duck fans all season long on 750 the game now on fm at 102.7
2: This segment of The Huddle is brought to you by the Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. Check them out on thebarbersonline.com. That's thebarbersonline.com. We've got a lot of games to get to in the 4 o'clock. I call them 4 o'clock games. I'm sorry, guys. 105-115 games here on the West Coast. Uh, We'll get to those in the Seahawks hour. Remember, Seahawks at 6 coming up. All Seattle Seahawks talk, Uh, but we got a couple games, including uh, Dallas uh, going to Carolina with the return of one uh, Cam Newton. I like Carolina at home here, boys.
3: Yeah, I do, too. The defense, though not as good as it was last year, going to be more than enough to stifle Dallas just enough. Cam Newton, how many points does he put up this week? Uh, You know, the Dallas is so bad, so bad. Their defense is once again going to be historically bad. I like Carolina. Start Kelvin Benjamin.
5: Now I think I must have misinterpreted this cuz I thought that Carolina was playing Don't they play Detroit? I'm sorry, you're right. Detroit, it's Tennessee.
2: Yes. I'm sorry. I was looking I was looking at the game below at Detroit DAL. You're right. Detroit Carolina Dallas, Tennessee, getting a little ahead of ourselves. I like Tennessee at home uh, against Dallas because Dallas is just pitiful.
5: Yes, I agree. I had the light blue in my head. Dallas is pretty bad. I don't think Tennessee is nearly as good as they looked last week, but they're at home. I'll take Tennessee.
2: Yeah, I think the game to watch is that Carolina-Detroit game. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Carolina with Cam coming back against Detroit, who uh,
3: looked pretty formidable against the Giants, especially that offense. It's going to be a joke. Yeah, with Golden Tate coming back, or excuse me, signing with Detroit in the offseason, I think that really helps bolster that offense and frees up Calvin Johnson in a lot of ways. But I still like the Panthers at home with uh, Cam Newton's debut. I agree. I like I still like the Panthers at home here.
5: I like the Panthers too. I mean Detroit's a wildly inconsistent team for who knows how long. That might change under Caldwell, but Right now, I'm still going the way it used to be.
2: One more 10 o'clock game. Cincinnati at home, looking to go 2 and 0. But they're taking on the Falcons, also looking going looking to go 2 and 0. With Matty Ice having
3: the game of his life last week. This is a really hard game for me to pick. I, I'm just going with the home team because I feel like even Andy Dalton and his lack of ability to throw a ball more than 20 yards can still beat that Atlanta Falcons defense, which also looked terrible last Sunday against New Orleans. And, and you know, they, they can't stop anybody on third down. No. The Falcons haven't been able to do that for two years. No. So
5: I'm, I'm sticking with Cincinnati at home. Yeah, I'm going Cincinnati too. They play pretty well at home almost all the time. So I don't think this being I don't see this being a game that trips them up. Uh
2: outside of my Jets, it's another upset special for me, guys. I like the Falcons putting up more points than the uh Cincinnati Bengals at home. All right, we'll get to those uh late four o'clock. One o'clock game. Sorry. remember, I am from the East Coast. I got to get used to this, people. Uh, we, we got, we'll get to those in the 6 o'clock hour. Plus, plus it is Seahawks at 6. Going to be a lot of Seahawk talk. We'll get to Tim Booth as he covers the Seahawks for uh, the AP. Plus, don't forget that Coors Light quick poll question. Who's the most irreplaceable player for the Seahawks? Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin, or someone else? Go to 750thegame.com right now to take a, that a poll. It is rags in the huddle. Uh, Good afternoon. Seahawks at 6 next.